0: Welcome to the Color of Ideas podcast. Wonderful day here in the park. It's about 55 or so. little little bit of a chill in the woods, but uh, sunny and a delight to be here. I have three things I want to talk about, so this is this could very well turn into a two-podcast day. I'm going to start out with discussing, and you could say reporting, about uh, John James Audubon, whom I'll refer to as Audubon. Uh, now, of course, I, I know him as the artist who painted uh, Birds of America and as the namesake of the Audubon Society, but that's all that I knew, okay? So I watched these two documentaries, one I had once watched months before, and then I watched it again this a few days ago, and I watched the second one and uh, such an inspiring life, so that's why I'm going to talk about him. Uh, Audubon was the bastard son of a French aristocrat who was living in Haiti. Uh, Audubon's mother was a French serving girl for his father, a maid, and she died when he was an infant, so he never knew her at all. Uh, His father left Haiti uh, because of the political unrest. There was a great rebellion taking place there did I mention he was born in the 1770s? And so the father went back to France with uh, Audubon and his sister. The father had uh, two children by this, uh, this serving girl. And so um, returned to France. He was adopted by his wife and lived uh, an aristocratic life. Now, the thing is, he didn't. Get much of an education. Um, he just showed no interest in, in that. All he wanted to do was roam in the woods. And so, of course, he learned to read and write, and, uh, and he wrote very well. We know that from his journals. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, a thinker, and, uh, and, but mostly a man of nature. Okay, so uh, he spent his youth in France in the woods. Uh, Now in the 1780s that's when the French Revolution um, took place and so being an aristocrat Audubon's father decided we have got to get out of the city and get away from the reach of the French Revolution and so that's what he did. Now again um, so Audubon gets to move to new grounds where he can stay in the woods all day long and from a child From childhood, he was interested in nature, and before long, he landed on birds. And so he would make his efforts, and we have sketches and drawings of his that go way back, so much so that you can see this huge progression from early work to later work. So as um, Audubon approached 18, his father, always exercising such good judgment, you know recognizes that he needs to get his son out of France, or else he is going to be conscripted into the army. Uh, and he doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want anything to do with Napoleon's efforts in that at, at that time. And so he has all the paperwork uh, falsified. imagine the level of of of, uh, of labor involved in these things. you know, I imagine the, <laughs> they are, you know, the roll-up scroll thing with seals and ribbons and I don't know. So he had all the proper paperwork uh, faked, and he got his son out of France. And as far as I know, uh, Audubon never saw his uh, father again. So he sent him, 18, to the United States to a 200-plus acre um, plot of land and that was developed uh, and I believe I'm pretty sure it was in Pennsylvania. And uh, so 18 uh, Audubon is there and thrilled to be there. You know, not everybody is an adventurer. I'm not. <laughs> and so I wouldn't have taken to this at all. He loved it. And he loved the land. He loved roaming. And he's back to, you know, drawing and collecting uh, samples of what he wants. And Uh, He has to buy a horse, so he goes next door to the landed gentry who are there. And it's at that point that he meets his future wife. Uh, The 17-year-old daughter is beautiful and attracts Audubon from the beginning. And a year later, they're married. And almost the first thing Audubon does is sell that property. Okay, so he is moving now to Kentucky because that is considered uh, where the, the frontier begins. Okay, uh, So everything west of Kentucky was considered just a, a, a wildness. And he opened a store there with his wife and and he, they were quite successful. Now, as time went on, uh, Audubon's interest in water, hot water, and birds, went from uh, something important and something that he was passionate about, to this is all I want to do. Okay, so, and that's really the part of this story that is most striking to me. They have children and they have, uh, you know, the needs and necessities of daily life, but um, Audubon just is only interested in uh, nature and uh, birds, and so uh, at one point, years down the road, uh, they go into bankruptcy because he's not not only not attending to his um, store and his work, but he has um, speculated in land and he is all, and he has built this enormous factory-type thing, which took uh, almost all of his money, and then it fell through. So he goes bankrupt and they sell everything. And uh, and, and they move out of there. Uh, and, f- and this is like the story of his marriage and the story of his life, you know, that this does not daunt him. The fact that they had to sell everything, you know, their furniture, their everything. And, and his wife, uh, being from a, a, a wealthy family, you know the heirlooms and things that she had managed to get from Pennsylvania to uh, to Kentucky. You know everything went, even any drawings and paintings that Audubon had. They were all up for uh, public auction, but no one bought those paintings. Thank the Lord, and so he was able to hold on to them. Now I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, it, at this point you know, Audubon had already decided, he was about 40 when he decided, um, I want to paint every American species of bird that I can find and look, find and identify, every one. And uh, it took him 20 years to do this. And it was very disturbing to family life. I mean, he would be away from his wife not just for months, but at some points for years. So after having done uh, the bulk of his um, uh, artwork, he wanted to make a book. And the drawings are life size so we're talking, you know, the pages are like 30, 36 inches. Um, That's just huge. So he goes to England, he leaves his wife, and his wife is so well educated that wherever she goes, uh, the the landed gentry of the area are drawn to her because they want her to teach their children. So that's how she keeps body and soul together. She teaches, and he he goes off here and there, and and doesn't come back for months to years. And now he <laughs> says, um, after they've been married, you know, close to 20 years. Um, I need to go to England because that's where the best prints are made. He knows all along that he wants to make a book. So he leaves his wife and children and he's over there for three years and he's very well received. Of course, part of that is because the way he dresses and he's something of a salesman showman. So he's dressing in, you know, these leather garments, the fringe. and the bear grease and the hair and, you know, he looks like he's right out of uh, the woods, the wild woods um, of America. And he has these extraordinary um, paintings. Now he had tried to interest um, people in uh, America to do a book and and help him make that a reality, but they just looked at him. They looked down their noses at him. He didn't have an education. He wasn't uh, Anyone who, who got the attention of people in Philadelphia or New York—they were too sophisticated. They saw him as a loser. Okay, but in in the um, in England he was seen as a novelty and genuine, and of course his artwork spoke, and so he was a, almost a celebrity. People were inviting him. People of means were inviting him, and and he found his way to the the best printmaker in all of England, if not all of Europe. And the work that was done was extraordinary. Now the book that was produced was $1,000 a book. Okay, imagine what $1,000 was at that time. Oh my word. So um, he he writes, writes to his wife and they finally patch things up. And he goes over, he goes back to America and brings her to England and they both decide, we're never gonna be separated again. We can't let this happen. So Audubon dies in his 60s, by which time he has uh, lost his sight and, and has dementia. Uh, his wife outlives him by 30 years. In fact, she outlives their children as well. Uh, she is kept by her grandchildren. And what we have, you, you need to go online, and really you need to do more than go online, by at least one of his prints. You know, find the one that strikes you. Uh, now, the one that I have isn't life-size, but I would buy it if I could find it. And you know, I might, I might do that because it's just, the one that I have is on a very fine paper and a, a, a wonderful reproduction. Uh, the thing about his life that strikes me is that this decision to uh, create, to go for his vision. I want to paint all of the birds and I wanted to paint them life size. And he, I, how can you make that decision when you have a family and you're, you're and, and especially after going through bankruptcy, how do you, how do you, he, but he does. And of course his name is famous today. Now it's interesting to note that whereas the, the Audubon Society is a conservation group, the truth is that every bird that Audubon painted, he killed. Okay, so he was, he did not start out with the idea of we have to save the birds. He would um, shoot, and I mean, he's said to have shot hundreds if not thousands of birds, Uh, and he would, (laughs) so that doesn't sound like conservation, but by the, uh, farther into his career, he was already seeing how populations of birds were falling off, uh, and ve- very noticeably so, and so his thinking and his writing um, changed on this topic dramatically, and uh, I suppose that's why the Audubon Society chose to use his name. Uh, but I'm just overwhelmed by someone standing you know, up to uh, what they want no matter what, and The other documentary, I've watched a couple documentaries uh, within these same days about Georgia O'Keeffe, and here's another person who decided, well she decided as a child she wanted to be uh, an artist, and then she goes to art school at about 17 and ends up in New York City at the Art League and just is doing very traditional art because that's what the instruction was at this time. She was born a uh, hundred years after Audubon, around the 1880s. So she went to a little one-house school and, and uh, she ended up teaching in a one-house school in Texas, of all places. I happened to be in Texas, uh, West Texas, where, where she was located. And she loved it. She loved empty open spaces because she was born in Wisconsin, which was empty open spaces at that time. And, and that that is where she began to create her own work. That's where she put aside any effort at all to follow anyone else's tracks. And she just went with shapes. And, and, and then after that, a couple of years after that, started adding color when she exhausted her early uh, watercolors which were almost monochromatic. And of course her whole story is is, you know a fable it's I mean it's it's just an extraordinary story and the key point for me is just similar to Audubon's this is someone who gave up well I shouldn't say gave up focused focused everything everyone knows and who's followed her life that she ends up marrying Stieglitz Alfred Stieglitz who was who is called the father of modern photography And, you know, they have their whole story and and, um, Stieglitz dies and she lives for decades after him. And um, in New Mexico, she found herself. That's where she found her land that that resonated with her and where she uh, painted for decades (coughs) and did such remarkable work, but, uh, you know, it's hard to even comprehend especially at that time you know we talk about women's liberation well she was born in the 1880s and by the 1940s she was well established in in New Mexico and (coughs) creating work which was generating the highest prices for women artists of that period. Now it's mentioned that as high as they were the men were getting a lot more but she was still so far ahead <coughs> of other women. So the the theme here, I'm really, as always, speaking to myself, but I hope that others find encouragement and interesting ideas here. Don't give up. Um, follow your path. Uh, and really, you know, I ask myself, how can I not follow this path? I mean, as an abstract artist, I... I, I go deeper into uh, uh, comprehending color and shape and form a, as part of me. Uh, I, so it's all about, for me, uh, self discovery and expression. And so finding my language, finding my vocabulary, finding my story. And I am. So excited every day by the work that I'm doing, and and like the work that I'll do this evening, which which is pretty much when I've been working of late. That I I work at night, and I go to bed with a wow, and I wake up with a wow because I know more discovery, you know, more creations, more uh, um, adventure and uh, experiment, which just uh, is something key to me and I do I think there's an end point do I think that there's a place where I've said everything I can say no I don't think there is but I do believe there's a point where you do understand your vision and 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 want to uh, pursue that and uh, and can't wait to discover what's around the corner so to speak and that's very much how I feel Okay, so enough for today. Catch you next time. So long.